Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Jordan, you wanted to raise a point and raise an angle to this evictions ban that maybe some people are missing. Morning. Morning, PJ. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, just to give you a bit of background information. So I'm currently living with my girlfriend and her mother. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend's father actually built a house before he passed away right. um, here in Fomoy. And in the last number of years, we've actually been trying to get into the house the last year or so. Um, and we actually have a tenant living there at the minute. I should say her mum has a tenant living there. Um, and we can't get into the house due to the eviction ban at the minute. Just so I'm understanding you correctly, so your girlfriend's mum has a house, it's currently occupied with a tenant, she wants to give it to your girlfriend, she wants her and presumably you to live there, but she can't because the tenant's in situ and the eviction ban stops her removing the tenant. Absolutely, PJ. So we're in a situation where... If we've, we've hand, after handed in the notice for the nine months, which is due at the end of April, um, and if, if the eviction ban stays, then we could be talking, as I say, in January before we can get any movement on this. Um, however, we're living with the mother-in-law. It's obviously very hard um, for all of us. So she did, um, she, again, just to clarify, she did serve an eviction notice on the tenants and you say they're good people this is no, it's nothing personal we just no. want the house she did serve a notice on them that's due to expire soon but if the ban stays in place you're you're kind we've of no, we've no obligations to get them out you know yeah so it's, it's kind of a difficult situation which could leave us in in the in the boat of being homelessness you know yeah you're one of the categories of people, I think, Jordan, that we might forget in discussing this this issue. Yeah, yeah, and um, I feel that feel feel that's the problem. I mean, um, my girlfriend or partner has actually emailed every every TD that it makes sense to to email, um, just to drive drive on our point as well. You know that there there is two sides to this story, it, and it won't actually curve homelessness as much as we're hoping for are, in yeah. my opinion, anyway. Yeah. You also have people who are coming home from overseas and they can't access housing because their parents or someone connected to them has a tenant in a place. They might Absolutely. want to give it to the returning immigrant, but they can't. That's a complication of the eviction ban. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I suppose another good point there is, um, for example, if if there's a family of three who have a, an extra house and one of them has a medical problem and need to sell the house for money for, to, to deal with a medical problem, then they're left in a situation that they also can't sell the house at the minute to cover any medical expenses, etc. Yeah. You know, so, so there's that side of it as well. I mean, 
that there's good and bad things. Do you, do you think that sometimes we're inclined to, and I've been chatting about it here for the last few days, and when I'm quoting experts who actually work on the front line of homelessness, all saying, please don't do this to the government. Do you feel sometimes, Jordan, that you know, cases like yours are being forgotten? I think with, with the... Um with the amount of homelessness that the country is facing at the minute, that uh, a big a big focus is on that, um, where the, the lads like ourselves are kind of just being kind of put brushed off to the side, you know. Um, I mean, I know a lot of my mates now who are sleeping on couches and stuff like that. Yeah, they're not being classed as homelessness, but yet they've no home to go to. Like only a mate's couch or whatever the case may be. Yeah. The problem is bigger than, than we know. I mean, we have the official figure comes out every month. It's 11,000, nearly 12,000. But you're right there. The, the amount of couch surfing that's going on, the actual yeah. figure is much higher. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're going to be facing homelessness uh, then ourselves, do you know? Mm. Um, all, all that we can hope is that the government decide to go a U-turn on the decision um, and not extend it. Um, however, if if they do extend it, I mean, I'd like to see some terms and conditions where, whereupon house owners can give it back to their daughters that, that yeah. need it, you know? Yeah. This is where we talk a lot about property rights and how much of property rights are protected by the Constitution. This is your mother-in-law owns this property. I, I think a lot of people forget your situation, Jordan. Your mother-in-law owns the property. She, she wants you and your partner to have the property, but she can't give it to you because of the eviction ban. Yeah, yeah you're spot on PJ, you know. And all you're doing is asking people to consider your situation. Yeah, to, to just hear the side of the story that we have as well as, you know. Right. Jordan, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. PJ, thank you very much. It is, it is a side to the story. Uh, whether you, um, you can see the position Jordan's in. And you, you have people coming home from overseas, like I mentioned while I was talking to him. People who've been away for a couple of years. Sons and daughters who've been away for a few years. And they decide to come back home now. And they say, I, you know, can I move into the apartment that, or the house that dad or mom owns? And said, well, you could, but we've someone living in it, uh, renting it, and we can't evict them. So you've got the son or daughter that's coming back from Australia or America or South Africa or wherever they've been. They're the ones now trying to get into the rental market. So, you know, there is that side to it. Kate says there were 500 people booked to see one apartment on the TV news last night. I was watching that. 500 people registered to view an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment in Dublin. The estate agent then kind of shook it down to 30 or 40 people. There was a queue on the news. Did you see the Airbnb register has been delayed, says Kate. I have sympathy for some arguments for ending the ban, but the real answer is a comprehensive policy to take care of the people who are going to be made homeless. I can't emphasize this isn't the only people you see on the street either. There are many families living near you in houses that this is going to happen to. They'll probably announce some program or other, but they need to make sure resources are in place too. People can get accommodation, not just join waiting lists. Yeah, the Airbnb thing was a plan to free up 12,000 properties 
Um, but the EU have delayed plans for an Airbnb register. There's a ton of stuff out there on Airbnb. Short-term rentals, making a ton of money for whoever owns them. And look, that's all part of your property rights. If you own a place, you're perfectly entitled to rent it out for Airbnb. But the rules are to change across the EU. They haven't changed now because there's a delay in the EU. So those Airbnb properties are not available now to be used to uh, house people that might otherwise be, be homeless. Others would say, and they would, they would say, well, I own a place and I Airbnb it and it's my property and I'll do with it as I please. That's an, an, an argument that can be made as well. And Rebecca, you were just a few months away from having enough money to put down a deposit on, on, on a mortgage. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, myself and my husband have been saving for many, many years. We've been through many rental properties, many rental crises. And, you know, by our calculations, January, we were going to do it. We were finally going to have it. Um, how, much, we were, how much were you looking to put away? Um, we were going to put 40,000. Um, it's a lot of money to yeah. be saving in, in the middle of, a rent, of, of high rent and all that. How, how, That's how, it. how I mean, do you put forty grand away in the, in the, with the rent? Uh, well, it's it's been ten years now that you know, eight or ten years we've been saving for a house, on and off. You know, uh, like we've been trying to save for a house for ten years for a deposit, but like, you know, when we started renting, ten years ago, uh, we were we were living on the Navan Road in Dublin, in a three bedroom house that we paid eleven fifty a month for. Okay. <laughs> Um, and when the rental pressure zone came in, our rent went up overnight by seven hundred euros a month. Oh dear! So they knew that they were going to be capped, so they immediately put the rent up. We we started moving further and further out of Dublin, and then eventually we realised that it would genuinely be cheaper for us to commute from Cork. To commute. Okay. So wow. Yeah, because we were we were working. Myself and my husband were working. Uh, we were. Uh, both working full time, and we had our our, our son in crash full time, so there was a, we were actually out of the house from seven a.m. to seven p.m. five days a week. We didn't own a car. We were like, if we just keep the head down, and we just flake away, we can just get there. If we just work really really hard, and it's I mean it's a it's a a, a, a fantasy that they tell you that if you just keep working hard and working hard, but like you'll be dead before you get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's really what it feels like at this point because it doesn't matter how hard you try yeah. like it's it's impossible like we've in we're in it, we moved back to cork and we were delighted because we were able to come back to our families but you know we've paid in this house that we're in right now we have paid 95,000 euros in under 5 years in rent right and we're supposed to pay that out in rent we're also supposed to pay for you know Oh, you know, we're supposed to pay for the private health care that's required because our health system is collapsing. We're supposed to pay for all of our child's, you know, uh, therapies because the children's disability services have collapsed altogether. Yeah. We're supposed to do all of those things, then pay the, the skyrocketing costs of everything else, but then also never go into your overdraft and save 40 grand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who, who can do that? It's not humanly possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, 
social housing is is a is a right and it's a it's something that I'm really passionate about both myself and my husband grew up in a council house and you know it's a really important that we have a functioning system that is a safety net for people who need it yeah. but we shouldn't need it but you you we don't need it you've got this money now put aside fair play to you you can't have had as much as a glass of wine and a packet of crisps I'd say for the last God knows how long of a Saturday night. God bless you. Um, I don't drink or anything, so... I'm just... Yeah. Yeah, you can't afford to drink, you poor woman. So, now your landlord, because of the lifting of the eviction ban, your landlord will, will, will need you to pack your bags? Yes, they've decided that um, they want to sell up. And look, I mean, th- that is entirely their right. It is not up to private landlords to prop up an entire housing system. Yes. You know what I mean? They bought this house. They wanted to make money out of it. They didn't make as much money as they'd have liked. Whatever. Not my, you know, that's their right. It's their house. Yeah. It's not up to them to house me and to to to, to deal with whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It I is do. our government. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the reality is that we're like, there's a housing is a really nuanced and you know it's a complicated thing and and i if they were going to bring uh, the whole idea of an eviction ban in the first place was obviously very problematic but Mm -hmm. once they pulled the trigger they should have realized what they were going to do because as soon like they would have been better to never do it do you know what i mean because what they've done now is actually run another half of the landlords in this country out. So, but we don't need to get more landlords. We need more houses for people to actually buy. Speaking as someone who's done everything right for the last 10 years and now is facing eviction and very gracious of you to say, look, the landlord is entitled to do what he or she wants with their own house. That's most gracious of you. But like, what are you going to do now? Well, um, we earn too much, well, my husband does because I'm a carer, an unpaid carer for my daughter. So um, basically what what our options are, we can um, we can try and negotiate with the landlord to, to try and let us stay here and to hold on um, to wait until we have our money together. But then that means that we have to kind of buy this house at whatever they're asking for. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's one of the proposals we, now that you'd have first call on that house if the landlord's interested in dealing with you. But that, 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 I mean, that's the thing. Fianna Fáil are, are talking about this and I have emailed Hall Martin's office about this because I can't understand it. They're putting out all these memes and pictures on social media of all of these of all of these new things that are going to be up and running in, in five days and Osher is going to fix everything. Like, you can't interfere with somebody's property rights. Like, just because you had a brainstorming session in the doll about it. It doesn't work like that. It requires complex legislation. And if yeah. they don't realise that, then we are we are far more we are in far more trouble than we ever realised. If they can't if they can't see something that, that is that obvious. That's that's a you very know? important point. Property rights are protected by our constitution like no other constitution protects property rights that I've ever heard of. None of these things they're telling us they'll do are something you can do in a few days because you'll run into constitutional problems. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Well, I mean, they came out and they said, oh, it won't require legislation. And then, sure, immediately the housing department was like, are you crazy? Of course it requires legislation. You can't just interfere with somebody's right 
to put their house to market for the best available price just off the top of your head because you've got a whim. It doesn't work like that. So what and if they don't get that, like... So what are you going to do, Rebecca? Um, well, we're... The, the options are basically that we, we find a way to get the landlord to sell us this house um, or... The other option is that, like, we don't, we we're not entitled to emergency accommodation. We don't get help. We don't get any of those things, nor should we. But the problem with that is that there's nowhere to rent, and when when we have to leave here, we'll be going to a hotel, and we will be paying for that hotel ourselves from our deposit. So, what exact? I'm not sure exactly what the what we're supposed to do, but go live in a hotel indefinitely while our, until our money runs out and then maybe we're entitled to social housing. I mean, is that what they want us to do? Do they want us to, to, to pour that down the drain for the, the last 10 years of of work? I mean, that's kind of what what it's looking like. The other option then is to leave the country because frankly, I mean, I'm a very proactive and practical person and... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This country clearly doesn't want us. It doesn't want our generation. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed and I'm so devastated that I brought, that I, I, I mean, I used to live in London before my kids were born and because I emigrated as soon as I could, you know, mm-hmm. at 18. And I came back and I had my kids here. And I am so, I'm so, I feel so guilty and so ashamed that I, that I brought them back here into this, into this country. And that, you know, I, that I let my nostalgia for Ireland entice me back to let my children suffer in this country. Rebecca, powerful words. I have no reply to that that ever was, but I thank you very much for speaking with me. Thanks. Wow. Lots of people listening to Jordan earlier on. Jordan is one of those people affected by the eviction ban in a way you wouldn't think in that his mother-in-law has a house that he wants to give, she wants to give to himself and his partner 
for them to live in, there's a tenant in it, they couldn't evict them with the ban in place. That's that's one side of the story you don't often hear. Then Tanya says, don't forget the landlords who have children going to college and need their house for their family for student accommodation. They must be considered too. Sarah, what do you want to say? Good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? Very well. What's on your mind? No, I, I just think it's a whole mess. I'm constantly seeing derelict buildings. Sarah, oh. could you get a tiny bit closer to your phone, please? It, you, you're a bit, back, bit far back from it. Sorry, I, I'm, it just makes me so angry seeing so many derelict buildings. Just take Castle Marger, for instance. Yeah. There are so many vacant buildings around there and all around Ireland. Yes. And they're, they're constantly complaining that there's not enough plumbers, uh, trades people and everything. Get the lads in the ETB and that can be their practical work. Get them in and doing something in the vacant houses and renovating them. That's a great idea, actually. Get get trainees to come in under supervision and do the do the grunt work. A hundred percent. I mean, they're learning and the job's being done. Yeah. You just, I don't know, well, I know Castle Martyr to drive through it and occasionally stop for a, for a bag of chips and the chipper there. Um, but you're saying there's a lot of property. There's a hell of a lot of property, but like I said, not only Castle Martyr, it's like there's a lot of towns around and there's so many vacant properties, same Lismore, same all, all over the place. Yeah. But uh, like I said, one minute they're screaming out that they don't have enough tradespeople. Well... Get uh, bring back force. Yeah. Get there, there is a huge, there is a huge shortage of tradespeople. That's the absolute truth. Because no one's, no one's lining up to be an apprentice anymore. So there is a shortage. All right, that's for sure. Well, that's just it. But they're making it so difficult for people to go and get these apprenticeships. That too. There is that too. I was talking to an electrician a few months ago. Ken and would love to take on apprentices, but it's just not attractive for them to do it. Yeah. Exactly. So if they set up something like that, where you're actually going out into these derelict buildings, and like a lot of these buildings have been left there for 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and just of no use. And you've got all these families that are just in desperate, desperate situations. There are, and there are grants now as well. They put this, I think it's called Cree Conaha. They put this scheme in, a grant scheme. Now, it's like all grant schemes. It's it's desperately complicated. But at least it is there. Thank you, Sarah. Frank, morning. How are things, Peter? Very good. What do you want to say? <clears throat> um, oh, just the whole story. Like, you know, I keep hearing, like, repeating and repeating the same stories. And we are, we're in the same bandwagon, basically, like, right now. Um, about 2021, we bought a house after five years of hard savings. Uh, and there's no shortage of sa- savings there, like in work, like, like I'm self-employed and I'm employed as well. So I have two jobs. Herself has a full-time job and we have a daughter. Um, so hands full, trying to save, bought a house in 2021. And at the time of signing the uh, contracts, the banks, um, the bank refused to release the money because my company was under the uh, COVID payment. Hang on a second. So you had money, just just to roll back. So you had a deposit in place, you'd worked hard, you'd saved hard, you had the finances in place, you had an offer from the bank, you found a property, and then at the signing of the contract, the bank said what? 
the, the bank decline. I got a, a phone call from my solicitor saying that um, the, there was no funds. The bank refused to um, release the funds because my company was under the COVID payment, even though I was working through. Uh, so I never stopped working through COVID. Uh, and and thanks God we never said anything to our landlords. We were waiting to get everything signed up because it was still under construct under construction. So we bought through planning. Like, basically, it was a I new see. build. Yeah. Uh, we had time, so we didn't break the news to the landlords. Thanks God, because mm. uh, that's it. Our hopes were gone once wow. we heard the bank wouldn't release S- the money. So um, you're, sti- you're still renting. Are, are you affected by this ending of this eviction ban? Though are you are you in trouble? So we don't know. We don't know. As it is, our landlords are very good. It goes through private landlords, so there's no agency involved, which is good. They're absolutely brilliant. We've been living in the house for five years. But, and we're paying only 1100 you know, in the Douglas area. That's fantastic, Frank. Which is very good. Now, we look, I look after the house, like, any when it works, any maintenance jobs, I will do it, like, you know, painting and so, like, uh, we're, we're good tenants as well. Like, you know, it goes both sides. And, but they're brilliant landlords. But, they have three daughters. We don't know what's going to happen. And I wouldn't blame them if they want to give the house to one of their daughters. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely normal. But that will, that will put us in a very difficult position. One, we, we won't be able to find a house in the market. And if we do, we'll be paying about, what, 1800 Minimum. A, a month. Douglas, you'll be lucky. Yeah, two grand. So I've seen them two, 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 one hundred, twenty, one hundred, something like that. So that immediately will stop any savings we have in, in motion. Like we we kept the savings, but as much as we could, we don't have much, but as much as we could, but that will stop immediately our savings. As the previous caller was saying, we don't, we shouldn't need to, but we're not, we don't avail of any help or any help from the government. We don't avail for social housing because there is actually. Three, two small incomes and one normal income coming into the house. So we don't avail of any of the helps. Uh, we'll be left literally to no savings and a scraping to pay the rent. So uh, we've decided to just give up. Give up. Um, How do you mean? I said we give up with our dream. Like our dreams were shattered in 2021. Your dream was to like, buy. Yeah. Well, our dream was to buy. And we're coming from, from Spain. So we've been living in Ireland for the last 20 years. Like, so we, we love. We love Ireland, you know, and we want to stay here and we want to continue staying here. But um, I think we have a plan B in motion. So it's like the buying option in Ireland is gone right now. Like either like, putting them ourselves in a two grand mortgage a month because I'm, I'm over 40. So my mortgage will be shorter, <laughs> obviously, so it'll be more expensive. So we're thinking and keep on saving and uh, just buying a property in Spain. Maybe I was just going to say that. So you're from, you're from, you're from Spain. You're, 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 you're thinking, you're already thinking of going back. Yeah, well, maybe not going back, but at least waiting five, six, seven years more, keep on saving and maybe getting a property, buy a property down there, cash in hand and having our property down there and keep on saving here. Yeah. Two things can happen. Like, you know, you have a plan B if things get worse. If in you there. have a property in the right part of Spain, Frank, and you don't need me to tell this, tell you this, you'd have a handy income coming from that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that would be six, seven years to save for that and paying in cash. And, like you see, we'll have escape option there. Yeah, you if would. things go bad in here, we but, can go But like you say, your, your dreams continue to be shattered and you're looking at different options now. Thank you, Frank, and best of luck with whatever you choose to do. Fra- Pat... Yes. What would you like to say, sir? 
Um, I was. I have a couple of questions, PJ. One, uh, the first one I know is, how many TDs are currently landlords? I think the percentage, I, this was in the journal, and it's a while back now, I think the percentage is 23% of the Oroctus are landlords. Right, and so, so that would, 23% is just under a quarter of them, so that'd be about 40 to 50, I suppose. That would, see, that would make perfect sense then why, why they want to lift the bin, because I think myself that while the bin is in place, they can't put up the rent on their own properties. Right. Now, I know, I know there's an awful lot of genuine cases caught up in all this now, as we've heard this morning, and I understand that too, and I've I feel dearly for an awful lot of people. I actually do like, but but the government are doing this to suit themselves. They're not doing it to suit the country. Yes. And another thing, we were, ta- they were you were talking there a while back as well about, uh, or the government are talking sorry a while back about, or they're going to build this, build this, whatever, bloody blah, blah, all this kind of thing. It'll never happen because there's a major um, labour shortage in, in the construction industry at the moment. Bingo. On the he- nail on the head, Pat. Nail on the major head. And I know the amount of leads I work in construction myself, and the amount of leads that I've worked with in the past six to twelve months that have left the country and gone to Australia. Yeah. Because they don't see the point in being taxed to their necks for the rest of their lives, mm. and they're just going out of the country. I'd say, give it another twelve months, and I say they'll be a complete generation gone out of this country, and Pat, they'll never and they'll never come back. Pat, I have a small job myself uh, planned for the autumn or or into winter of the year. It's a bit of tiling, right? Right. It's a bit of tiling, and I rang a pal of mine who's in the the building game, and I said, "How long would would I need?" He said, you want to be booking a fella now if you want to get it done before next Easter. That's how short they are of people. Uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't quite cut it fair now, like, uh, but... Um, he, sa- he said at least three months, and some of the guys, you won't get them for, depending on the size of the job, you won't yes. get them for a year. Yeah, well, a lot of the, to- a lot of the, the toiling shops in the city would have... Um, would have... Um, Their own people on books, yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, if they would, but I'm just saying in general. That's 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 just me. I I mean, the, trying to get a tradesperson these days for for a, trying to gather tradesburg people for a job, there is a shortage, massive shortage. There is, and is, and and we were they were talking there a while ago about about um, that lady that was talking about Castlemerton about taking on apprentices and yes. all this sort of thing. They're not there. They don't exi- they don't exist. Like what? what oh, actually, Pat, there's a the thing. You're in construction. Why why are people like there was a time. When if you were a chippy or a spark or a plumber or a plasterer or a tiler or a painter, you had guaranteed work for the rest of your days. That's the case now. If you can get a good trade, you'll be working till you're old enough to stop. So yes, why aren't people they, going into it? Well, see, the difference is, see, during the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, a lot of, a lot of uh, fellas went out of construction and went in working inside in factories into nice, clean jobs where you go in in the morning with nice clean clothes and you come out in the evening the same way. And when the pandemic was over, then they just stayed in the nice clean jobs. They were getting better money. Yes. And the environment, everything was everything was way better. You're, you're right, actually, on that call centre syndrome is what one person I know called uh, called it in that, why? how am I going to get a guy for 40 hours a week or 39 hours a week on a building site or on, in a bar even when he can do 
three 12-hour shifts in a call centre for similar money yes, and have the true. rest of the week off. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's, like, that's I what they're doing as well. I see it on site here every day, like, um, like this week, just this week alone, like, the, with the weather that's been this, on this week, now I'm driving a machine, so I'm actually in from the weather, like, but, but there's an awful lot of lads here walking in the ground, like, and they're after getting saturated day after day after day, and so I feel like, just like, mm. you'd be inclined, inclined to tell them, like, go away and get qualified to drive a machine and stay inside in the machine at least you'll be out of the weather like you know get a, get a job yeah. get a job where it's where it's warm and dry Pat thank you desperate shortage of people in the trade three months to, to a year for the trading job depending on the size of the job the bigger job the shorter the time it's gone back to those days too Mary your blood is boiling this morning oh that poor woman that was talking Rebecca. earlier Yes, her family, her... It's these people that should be getting every bit of support from the government. These are the people that we want the life that she has had because of the fact that she has done things properly. You're, yeah, you're, you're listening to someone who has done everything right. Everything right and is not being supported in any way, shape or form. Because she's done everything right, she's not entitled to support. Exactly. You know, and everybody, like, it's just, you know what I mean? It just makes my blood boil. There are people in this country who have never paid a red cent in tax or never contributed to their existence from cradle to the grave. And they end up going with assets worth hundreds of thousands because they've been they've acquired a house or something like that along the line. And then you have this poor person who is in this situation and has paid for full, paid through the nose, paid over and above for every single thing she has. What you're saying, Mary, I think, and what I'm hearing in your voice is that Rebecca is an advertisement for not doing it right. Well, yeah, and that that should never exist. We should never be advertising yeah. the, you know what I well, mean look, the look, look at Frank as well Frank did everything right went yeah. to the bank in 2021 they were refused he's also str- a straight up bloke he says my landlord's yeah. a fabulous guy he's got three daughters if he wants the house for one of his daughters he's perfectly entitled to have it absolutely you know what I mean and people yes people own their house you know what I mean and obviously if you know what I mean if somebody is in a position that they own the house and they want to sell it for every whatever reason, really. They they should be able to do so. It's not the landlord's problem, like kind of thing. Just some pe- sometimes people that you know got any. It's just too much for them, or they don't need that income anymore. As you say, want somebody in their house. You know what I mean? It's it just doesn't make sense, though. Like that. That Rebecca had to pay. She has paid ninety five thousand euro in rent and still managed to save and hasn't a house. Yeah. I mean, why would, why, why, how can you explain to somebody, you know, in like uh, an 18 year old or somebody coming out of school? I've had this situation myself. My son um, in his place work said that, you know, like um, in a gym, like kind of thing, a girl there working as a PT, you know, doing her bit, working or living at home because she can't afford even to move out. And a school friend of hers came in, like kind of thing, who has three children, a beautiful house that was provided to her, 
you know, and like, where is the incentive for these people to work? What, like, even if you do take a job, if you're working on the till in Tesco, you will never, ever be able to own your own home. Yeah. Whereas if you go out and uh, children basically are being used as currency. Well, those are strong words, Mary, but explain they, well, basically what they, you mean. That's what the evidence is. That's the evidence is there that that is what is happening. Yeah. Strong point. You know, it is I'm, I'm sure I'm sure somebody wrong. will disagree with you, but it's a strong. I'm point. sure they will. And listen, everybody deserves some place to live. Yeah. But bumping yourself up the ladder by doing things wrong shouldn't be to the detriment of the people who are doing yeah. things right. All right, Mary. Thank you, we, Owen. Good morning. Hello, Owen. Oh, uh, hi, PJ. How are you? What did you want to say, sir? Well, I, just an observation or. A question, I suppose, if you like. Um, like, there's an awful lot of people living in court that don't need to be in accommodation that's built to last 100 years. You know? Um, the population here is about 220,000 in the city, I think. Yeah. And I've been trying to calculate in my head that probably the population, the student population here is maybe thirty to 40,000. I would say so, like, yeah. Those people don't need to live in long-lasting accommodation. They need to live in places maybe... So, okay, what I'm posing is that like, the rate we're going is going to take several years to get supply to match demand. <laughs> Why don't we just build a lot of maybe prefabs or something just to, uh, to accommodate that student market um, and, and, like, just uh, have, have it there, say these buildings are going to be taken down in five years' time, but they solve an immediate need. Right. You're saying that the student accommodation, and there's loads of it going up all the time that that could be put to use for families? Well, no, what I'm saying is maybe if you could, if you could have cheaper construction and build accommodation for students, and, and maybe the buildings aren't designed to last all that long, that you would take them out of the market competing with people maybe who, who need uh, longer-lasting places. Yeah, but you see, now you've got another additional problem coming down the track, Owen, oh, that people spotted, I spotted in the news about a week ago, And it's going to make things even tougher in a few years' time, and that is this new EU uh, requirement that buildings have a certain BER rating. And every new building, maybe every new building is going to have to be built to a specific spec, and we're going to have to to bring all of the older ones up to another specific spec because of EU directives. So what you're saying is a great idea, but we can't, the EU, won't let, EU mightn't let us do it. Okay, well, it's, it's not worth looking into. And again, if we're looking at that five years down the way, I mean, we ha- our situation here is a crisis. And I, yeah. I don't, I'd be surprised anyone would disagree with me if that's overstating it, yeah. you know? Yeah, oh, it's emergency, total emergency. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was listening to a guy in a, I, another radio station, I think he sells caravans in, in, in some part of the country, yeah. you know? People live quite comfortably in them. They yeah. mightn't be in them in 10 years' time, but we don't need that, you know? So what I'm saying is temporary accommodation, do yeah. it up fast, quickly, and have it there for five years until the normal cycle um, matches the, the supply and demand thing. You know? Well, if you go up to Hanley's Garden Centre or if you go down to, uh, down there in Ballyseedy, down near Fota, they both have sales pitches there for little modular apartments. And you can get a little modular apartment, you supply it with utilities, it comes with a bedroom, a kitchen, tables, chairs, insulated, wired, plumbed and installed. Yeah. And you do the whole kit and caboodle for less than 60 grand for a two-bedroom ba- two, two apartment. 
Imagine going to a supplier. You're right here. Imagine a government going to a supplier and saying, we want as many of those as you can make installed for the next three years. They give you a savage deal on them. Yeah. I mean, they've got the money. Yeah. You know, we've got the space. Yeah. You know, even the city centre in Cork has got loads of space. Yes. You know, and I know, and I, I accept the need to have the usual kind of, um, the usual, we say, constraints and planning and stuff like that. But if we just, you know, it's an emergency situation, you know, just deal with it and we can get back to normal circumstances when, when the normal circumstances apply. Like I was saying yesterday, Owen, I'll leave you with this one. I said yesterday, I said before, during COVID, we learned there's no such word as can't. Yes. During COVID, we decided we needed something on a Monday, and mm-hmm. we had it done by close of business Wednesday. Yeah. We need that kind of emergency provision for housing and homelessness and rent and all of that. Oh, thank you. Pat? Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What do you want to say, sir? Yeah, I, I, I was just saying the other PJ, that uh, people that went, you know, from landlords, they obviously have contracts in place. They do. They might be two years, five years. But, I mean, the end of the contract, they know that time is coming up. Okay, they go back to the landlord and they'll, they'll you know, renegotiate. Yes. But if the landlord is going to put the, the, the price of the rent up, it's going to make it outrageous. I mean, if they can't afford it, you know, you just can't afford it. Yeah. And, like, it, it, it's not the landlords, obviously, have the rentals. Like, the government said, they should probably put a rent ban. You know, put a cap in the, on the rents. Yeah. Like, if you're renting in Cork, if you're renting in Dublin, you're going to pay through the nose. If you go up to, we say, Clearwater, Campbell, you know, the rent is probably half the price again. It is, but then you're commuting. Oh yeah, I, I know that. Mm. But yeah, but they, they should put they should put a ring cap. They should, you know, put a limit. I mean, if you're paying two grand a month, Jesus, people paying two grand a month there for rent, that's five hundred a week. Ah, that's a person's wages. Did that's you know, that's I mean, an entire most, that's an entire take home wage from a decent job. What is that? Yeah. So I mean, that's that. You know, that's that's something that people can't afford. Yeah, but you see, the problem with rent caps, Pat, and this is what you'll be told, I, I'm not, this is not my view, but this is what you'll be told, rent caps and things like that drive landlords to sell. Okay, but who's going to buy? Yeah. If a landlord is selling, okay, if, if, if the government have money, then to, uh, let them buy the houses. They well, well, give the money to the local authorities and leave them buy the houses. That's another one of these amendments that went in over the last couple of days. Yeah. One of these provisions that if the landlord wants to sell the house, that the, the tenant who's in situ would have first call upon it, or that the local authority or Cluid or someone of those approved housing schemes, that they would buy it. Those provisions well, yeah, are in there. Will they work? Who knows? Well, I don't know, PJ. Like, uh, you take the HAP, for instance. There's a ring cap on the HAP. Like, if you're a family, they have, we say, um, you know, two adults and three children. There's X amount of money, like, uh, available to rent a house in the private sector. And you would have to pay X amount of money yourself. I don't know, I forget now what it was. Like, yeah, yeah. There's it, a, you, you'd it, have it, it up. It's yeah. a small amount. But... There's a set amount in, like, the, the, the combined from the, the, you know, from the, the government and your own funds. That's the combined, and that's the max rent that you can pay in that house. Yes. You can't pay more than that. But you've so, you, you also have so many landlords who refuse to take HAP. And you've also people taking HAP, as we discovered the other morning, talking about Alina's flat that is literally falling down around her and leaking. Well, I, 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 I don't know about that because, look... I, I can't say, but I walked at one stage, but I walked in a similar situation. All these houses have to be checked before um, 
Okay, for for this the government um, subsidy, they're not checked. The, the the tenant goes in, rents a house, gets the money from the social welfare, and pays the rent, right? But the minute they're taken into the HAP system, the the houses are checked. If the oh, yeah. engineers come out and they check the houses, they put a list but, of um, but, things that need to be done, and if they're not done, they they, yeah. they 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 won't be taken into the HAP system. But they also have to be fully registered for tax, which is another problem. Pat, thank you, Jerry. Thank you for holding on apprenticeships. Yeah, there's a, there's a friend of mine that having an apprentice camping bill, okay? Yeah. And it shows, it shows a place open, Douglas, the past place open, Douglas, during the pandemic. Yes. Never, never reopened it. So he had to send his apprentice now up to Dublin to have his lodgings up there. And the whole, wherever the uncle is going to sit, you know, I don't even know how well the uncle is. He's going to be up in Dublin on his own. Wow. And it's all about they can't get apprentices or whatever. And there's another man then, he's a mason, he has a 16 year old. And he won't be left on site until he's 18 because he's not old enough to go on 18. So yeah. that's why they can't get apprentices. Yeah. In, old, in, in older times, you, that lad would be on, you know, he'd oh. only, only be doing muck work, but he'd be on at 16, he, yeah? He'd be on at 16, he could be on at 15 if he was big enough. But it's all, you know. Well, I suppose there has to be regulations yeah. too, Jerry, for safety. Safe, safe passing on that, but how can he be safe if, he, if he's never on the site, you know? What young players going to wait until he's 18 to go on as a mason and get first, first year apprenticeship then as 18 years of age? Yeah. It's not there, that's why. So yeah. all this safe pass thing in this thing, you have to have a pass now, use a console, you have to have a pass to do this, you have to have a pass to do this. And yeah. There's a lot of young players out there, they know that, that school doesn't suit, but they'd make great apprentices, Jerry. And you're right I, about it. I can't, I can't read no write in school, but I have right, a brain. It's unbelievable because I had a, what did you do? I had a learning disability and the whole lot. But I'm as cute as a fox. There's young girls out there and they're hanging on the streets and they're not getting a break and they can't get a break because what young girls going to come on as a first year apprentice at 18 years of age and getting whatever money they're getting now. Yeah. The money isn't great, but you're getting trained. I remember talking to an apprentice. There was a young lad working uh, on my house when I got some work done a year or two ago, and he was an apprentice, and he was doing, as I call it myself, grunt work now. He was just in the door. And I remember chatting to him one day. I made him a cup of coffee because the poor boy looked tired. And I said to him, Do you want a coffee? And he's, I said, you're worked. I said, until you fall down. He said, I am. I'm working until I fall down. But two things. He said, one, I love what I'm doing. I'm doing, I'm, I'm cleaning up after the lads. I'm doing all the grunt work, all the muck work. But in four years' time, I'll have a trade I can take to the four corners of the world. And he have something to get out of bed for every morning. Every single morning, yeah. yeah. You know, something to get out of bed for. So just laying around, cleaning their computers and all that. And now the young prisoners won't do it. But there's young prisoners out there willing to do it if they get a chance. And they need to get the chance. Jerry, great point. Well made. Thank you. 0818969696. Kind of two conversations going on here. We have a chronic shortage of apprentices, which means we have a chronic shortage of incoming tradespeople. We need thousands of houses built and we have nobody to build them. Back in the 60s and back in the 70s, I keep making this point, when this country hadn't an arse in its trousers, we built thousands and thousands thousands of houses because we had thousands and thousands and thousands of tradespeople now we don't on empty houses Michael great point good morning what do you want to say good morning hello hello there what would you like to say 
Um, yeah, I was just to make a note on, on the empty houses, um, PJ, and, and I suppose to start with it, the point, I, I think what the government wants us to do is, is to have, it's kind of like for or against private landlords, and it, in my opinion, it's not private landlords' job to provide housing for people. I mean, obviously it's their right to if they want to, but it's not their job. Mm. Um, and if you look at it, the city council, which is government, city councils all over Ireland have four and a half thousand approximately houses that are lying empty. Yeah, That's four and a half houses taken out of our housing stock. Approximately 500 of those are in Cork City alone, PJ. Correct. There's nearly 400 in Cork County. Correct. And they're lying empty. And it's, I think it's an average of about 18 months turnaround time, which is just daft. I mean, yeah. to think that it takes that long to turn a house around is ridiculous. If I leave a house um, today in perfect condition, Michael, perfect condition, yeah. hand back my keys to the council, it'll take them, like you said, nearly 18 months to give yeah. it to somebody else. That's insane. No, of course, and we all understand there's a shortage of of, um, of tradespeople. But, I mean, we, we need to start looking at this, uh, you know, I hate to say outside the box, but they need to start thinking outside the box and do things completely different. We've got a prison in the north side with uh, about 300 guys up there, and I'm sure 99% of those guys aren't bad guys. They're just guys that did bad things. But they do virtually nothing all day, every day. That's bad for for their mental health. They come out, and the percentage of of, of reoccurring is or reoffending is, a, I think, in over eighty percent. Why not get these guys out? You know, maybe with a promise of shortening their terms. Even better, with a promise of a home if they're homeless uh, when they get out. If everybody has a home over their head, PJ. And this has been proven in, in one of the Nordic countries. I know they do it uh, very well. Everybody gets a home. And if everybody gets a home, your addiction rates go down, your Finland. unemployment. Finland. 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 Yeah. If you need, it's the first incredible. thing they'll do is house you. Then yes. they'll help you to sort out your problems. Yes. But, but imagine, like all these guys, I mean, if you're sitting in prison, you pretty much, a lot of these guys have no hope. So imagine all these guys getting up early in the morning, having their breakfast, getting out, doing some work, working on houses. Of course, they're not tradesmen now. Some of them probably are, but they're not. Not everything is. It needs a tradesman for the jobs correct. that need to be done. In correct, these, correct, in these, correct, in these correct. So my, my late father-in-law, Michael, my late my late father-in-law didn't have a specific trade, but by God, he could do anything with his hands. And she did everything. Yeah. yeah. And like, like, I know it's completely the other end of the, the, the scale, but if you look at that television program, DIY SOS, now, I completely understand it's, it's fantasy world sometimes. Well, it's not really, because it really happens. They, they can go in in a, in a week and turn a house around. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're, you're right. People, we see all this in front of But come back to the prisons idea, because one thing yeah. they do, for example, they're doing it again now uh, next week, and I was up there the last time they did it. They're training fellas for the restaurant business. And, yes, and that's, I saw and, that. And, yeah, and I, I was up there last year when they finished one particular round of it and they do an incredible job and I also had the privilege that day of walking around where they're learning woodwork you can learn anything you want in prison I think that's a yes. wonderful wonderful idea that certain prisoners who'd want to do the kind of work might have a trade might have been an apprentice before, when, when, when they landed get them out get them working get them that's a fabulous idea Michael give them hope and PJ as well and give them I know people probably wouldn't agree with this but give them a promise of a home if they don't have a home yeah. yeah, I mean, and, or like, the promise of a start. 
but look, exactly. But if you think of the cost of, 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 of keeping somebody in prison relative to the cost of giving somebody a home, it's cheaper to give somebody a home than keep them in prison. They're not reoffending, so you've less victims and it costs less money. Okay. And they're doing good for society and they feel better in themselves. But PJ, we also have a, a situation during COVID where if you think of the hospitals, all hospital pr- procedures, bar a few, were stopped so they could con- concentrate on COVID. Yes. In my opinion, all buildings should be stopped because it's an emergency. It's, it's, a, it's a housing emergency equivalent to what the health emergency was. So if all building is stopped until the emergency is over... Oh, you mean like roads and bridges and hotels? Everything. Absolutely. Office blocks. Yeah. Everything should be stopped. No planning should be given. We did it in hospitals. And unfortunately, people have died because of it. Yeah. But we did it because it was supposed to be for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there any better cause than giving people a home? A number of fantastic points raised there, Michael. Thank you. 0818969696. Just before I go to Brian, Aileen says, I do feel for the tenants, but I agree with the eviction ban being lifted. There are landlords that can't get people out of their houses that they want to sell. It's a landlord's right to do what they want. That lady spoke so well. An eviction ban isn't the answer. What about all the ghost estates that were abandoned years ago? Maybe the removal of the ban will force the government to do something about the housing crisis now. But reinstating an eviction ban is not the answer. I have a house to rent now, but I'm reluctant to do so if the eviction ban is reinstated. It gives the landlords no choice if tenants don't pay rent or don't maintain the property. These tenants are in a minority, but unfortunately they exist. Love your show. Heart goes out to those amazing tenants that treat houses as homes, says Alien. Well, one thing about the ban, Alien, and it's worth clarifying again, the eviction ban did not apply if you simply refused to pay your rent. Uh, Brian, morning. Good morning, PJ. I went, I went through the list. Well, I'm well, I'm well, sir. I went through the list of Cork TDs who voted for this last night. Ten of them voted for it. Six of them voted against. Two didn't vote. That's Simon Coveney and Donna O'Leary simply because they weren't there. What would you say about those who voted for well, I mean, they're in the same party that have been in. I mean, Finnegale have been in the last three governments. Labour has been in one with with Finnegale, and Fianna Fáil have been in two coalitions with Finnegale. And over that period of time, <coughs> excuse me, they they haven't built houses, and they're saying, "Oh, we'll do this and we we'll do that." And the independent TDs, the all independent TDs, put through uh, a couple of suggestions. But all these suggestions are going down the line until October when the budget comes in or whatever. And they may or may not be put in there, but we just to keep them inside. I mean, these TDs are elected by the people. They're not elected by the party. Yeah. And, but they're toward the party line. Well, no you saw what, what happened to the one who didn't last night. Yeah, I heard somebody... Nessa Harrigan. Yeah, I heard somebody on the programme earlier this morning say that... that a gun is put to the TD's heads because what well, happened to him is like Nessa Horrigan. That's exactly what it is. The party is telling them what to do. It's the people elect them. And they should be uh, directed by the people. I mean, they're uh, assembly delegates. That's what a top the dollar is, an assembly delegate. And they're sent as a delegate by the people, not by the political parties. 
and they should be voting what the people want. Mm, but one of the one of the tenets of a democracy, Brian, is that when you're in a government, when you're in a government, you vote with the government. That's one of the tenets of a democracy. I disagree with you, Tia PJ. One yeah. of the tenets of a democracy is the will of the people. The power of the people, by the people, for the people. There's that too. Brian, they're both principles I, I of democracy. That more, they're one both of, principles of democracy, you're correct. One of the tenets is not that the, the TDs have to vote the party. They're elected by the people. Mm. They're part of a party, but they don't have to throw the party line. I know that what would happen is the gun would be put to their head. But that's not democracy. Fair point. That, 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 yeah. that is anti-democratic. Okay. All right. Good man, Brian. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Sabrina. Sabrina. Are you there? Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you? Your partners are blocked there. Yeah. And I'm going to be homeless in a few months. Oh, my God. The irony of it, I just, I think about it all the time, how funny it is. What's happening to you? So I've been renting um, for three years with my daughter and I just got notice to quit. So I got the six months. Um, but every time I look on Daft, anywhere, AdWords, there's nothing, there's nowhere to go. When did you get the notice? Um, I got it the end of February. Okay, okay. And so yeah. that, that's kind of what, end of August you need to be? Yeah, well, the first week of August I have to be out. So, yeah, um, I'm with a foster care leaver and I feel like I'm just going to be another statistic now of, of foster care leavers becoming homeless. It's no fault of my I've own. I've heard about that, Sabrina. Yeah. I, and I spoke to, is it Epic is the group that works with... Yeah. The, yeah, I spoke to Epic before and I, I my, my wife, because of her work, I've so, gives me some understanding of, of the foster service and that's, there is a huge number of kids who mm-hmm. come out of foster care end up homeless. Yeah. To no fault of their own. Um, like, I'm lucky enough, I, uh, my only support are my foster parents. Um, but there's lots of, lots of people becoming homeless, leaving foster care. They've nowhere else to go. And I just feel now I'm going to be part of that statistic. And as a child, I was homeless too, a young child. And I, I feel like I'm just going to give that to my daughter and it breaks my heart. The trauma you went through, you're looking at her now. Yeah. I, know. I always told myself I'd give my child the best life because I, I had a rough, young childhood. And it just breaks my heart to think that I'm going to give her the same now and I, I can't do anything about it. You, you, know, you, you, know, you know better than... You know better now than maybe... Yeah. You'll, you'll do fine by her. You'll do yeah. fine by her. You'll protect her as best you can. I know you will. And your partner, like, do, do you... You, you can't live together, can you? Or where does he? No, live? no. He lives at home, um, the home place, and I've been renting now for uh, eight years. I see. Yeah. Any idea what you're going to do? None whatsoever. I'm on to TDs um, all the time, and just applying here, there, everywhere. Um, been emailing the council, everything. I'm on the I'm on the list, but. I'm only on the list three and a half years, so I feel like I'm not going to see anything for a while. And what kind of rent could you afford? Um, just around the thousand mark, being honest with you. I do you only get work half part you time. Do. I do, I do. Thousand euro wouldn't get your phone box. No, no, not these days. Yeah. And, okay, it would, 
out the road a bit, say, what, from my Mitchellstown, that kind of way. There's no way you could do that. No, no. Um, south of south of the Lee would be ideal. Uh, Mitchellstown would be far too too far out for me. Childcare and things like that. There you go. Your so all your supports, all your network is here. Yeah. Because there yeah. is this thing is always said. Well, you know, Sabrina, you have a thousand euro a month to spend. There are places where you'll get a place for your thousand euro. But where's your supports then? Yeah, I'll just be isolated if I move elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a hard place at the moment, and I know I'm not the only one. There's thousands of us now becoming homeless, and I just don't know where we're supposed to go. Yeah. All right. I wish, I wish you well. I wish you well. Okay, I, know, though, I, know, I know, though, that because of your own experience, you'll protect your daughter with every last fibre of your being. I know you will. Yeah, I live in the car with her if I have to, you know, just, yeah, I, I won't put it through what I did. Okay. You mind yourself, girl. Thanks Take very care. much for the call. Cheers, Sabrina. Caroline, you are reminding the TDs, the 10 who voted, of our Cork TDs, who voted for this last night, that they will be remembered at the next election. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, when it comes to voting, and again, I was just saying they've got to remember the amount of people, that there's more actually people out there that are going to be evicted than... There are landlords in the country. Yeah. And when it comes to voting, they're not going to vote in the government again. Yeah. Um, the eviction ban should stay in for a while anyway. Yeah. You were talking about McCroom Road and something you noticed. Yeah, it's something I've noticed the last two weeks. Um, they're putting up railings on the left-hand side of the road, which probably cost the council thousands. And I just think it's a big waste of money at the moment when there's a housing crisis. Where, where's that now, Caroline? Where it's about? In Farnans. Okay. Putting up fencing, yeah? Yeah, it's like railings at the side of the road. Okay. I, like it's, it's done without railings for years and years, and all of a sudden we're in the middle of a crisis. And they put thousands into putting up these railings. Yeah, you're suggesting spend the money on houses and spend the money on people. Or spend the money on doing up council house and getting them out quicker or, you know, trying to put it towards something like apartments or modular homes or... Yes. You know, it's just a big waste of money. Do you know anybody directly connected who will be evicted or who's facing eviction? No, I don't at the moment. But I'm sure I will hear down the line. You think, though, that, that people will remember it come the next election? Oh, they will, of course, yeah. They will. I mean, there are, look at students. My daughter's 21. She can't find a place to rent. Yes. She's going to college. You know, she wants to kind of go out, even rent sharing in a house, and she can't get it. Yeah. Student accommodation notes? No, no. And what are rents like for someone looking for a place like that? What kind of monies is she talking about? Well, she wouldn't be able to afford, like, she's only working part-time, she's in college full-time. Yeah. She even said to me, there's no way, Mom, I could afford to go out, like. Yeah, you know? so, so she's staying at home now? Yeah, she's staying at home, and she a drop her in every morning. From where? To Manway, direction, up to MUT, is it? So you're bringing her from Manway to MTU every day? Yeah. And going back to Kletcher in the evenings? Well, sometimes she gets the bus out. Okay. McCroom direction, then she gets off and... Crikey. I connect her there. So she'd prefer to rent? 
Oh, she would, yeah, with her friends or whoever, like, but they're all in the same boat. Wow. Mm. Commuting from Dunmanway for college because there's nowhere to rent, and if even if there was, it's too expensive. Yeah. That's another element to it, isn't it, Caroline? Yeah. But, like, the government, they just seem to count, they just seem to be wasting a lot of the money in. We have a healthcare crisis and a housing crisis. Yes. They should put all the money into that at the moment and just try and resolve it. And then all the money can go back into building new roads and building, putting railings up. And, Hmm. you know, like, I mean, it's only going to continue if they keep wasting money the way they are. Yeah, bit like the start of COVID, isn't it? When we just spent everything for a couple of months, we spent every cent we had on on dealing with COVID. Is it time? Do you think just that you're just a, a punter like myself, really? Do you think now it's time to spend everything we have on sorting this out? Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything should be just put into healthcare and housing, and just resolve it, and then go back into the way they used to work things out with roads, new roads and all this. Yeah. Good luck to your yeah. daughter, Caroline. Drive safe when you are commuting with her and thank you for your call. Yeah, thank you, PJ. Annette, morning. Good morning, PJ. Thank you for taking my call. One of the things I've noticed um, over the last couple of years being on the council list myself yeah. is we very rarely get answers directly from the council and I'm not talking politicians, I'm talking from the council themselves. Why is it taking so long always to re- re- put houses back out into the market, onto the CBL? Yeah. We see houses that are being, you know, the, the, the council centre may have passed away, may have moved on, whatever the case may be. Those houses are in impeccable condition. Some yes. of them not always, but most of them are. Yeah. They are taking months, if not years, to be considered good enough to go back on to the CBL list so that yeah. people can bid for the houses. Yeah. We never hear why it's taking so long. We yeah. never get answers directly from the council. Also, on individual cases, I just heard another lady speaking yesterday about um, her her form sitting on a deciding officer's desk for five oh, months. Oh, yeah, this was Casey, yeah. Casey, how in God's name can that be allowed to happen? That somebody is be about to be evicted, but her form sits on a council desk for five months without being looked at. Hmm. Is there anybody there who's got any say in what goes on and can say, right, well, that charm shouldn't have sat there for five months. We are so sorry. We will get on to that straight away. We never hear that. There is no accountability coming directly from the council. And I mean from the council, PJ, not politicians. Yes, that's, that's an important distinction. The council, the councillors are members of the elected body that we call Absolutely. Cork City Council, but in behind that chamber is a vast number of people working in the various departments, executives, important people yeah. on a far higher pay grade than you or me or any city oh, councillor. a thousand percent, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, are, are they... Like, there's no, from what I can see, PJ, and I've done some research into it, where is the accountability from the council? At the end of the day, they're, they're, civic, they're civil workers, you know, they're working for the council, which is a public body and so on. Yeah. So, I mean, we need more answers as to why this has been allowed to happen. Yeah. Come back there to your original is, point about, let's imagine you're waiting, you're on the list, you're next on the list, let us say. Indeed. right. And I'm vacating number 10. Yep. And I 
hand back is. my keys. Yeah, and the and place is, is perfect. Impeccable. I leave it impeccable. I've looked yeah. after the place really well. You're next up for number um, 10. Yeah. But you'll be yeah. waiting till Christmas. Quite possibly even two, up to two years, PJ. And that is the reality of it. Why is there paperwork or regulations surrounding that house that take two years to say to me, Annette, there you go now, number 10 is all yours. I'll have your keys for you in three months' time even. Three months. Well, are they still ripping out the kitchen that I put in? Yes. They're still... Yes. Yes. They're ripping out pretty much everything, PJ, and I have seen it with my own eyes. Beautiful kitchens and other, you know, cabinets in the sitting room and so on. They are being ripped out, put into a skip. Because I've seen post after post in um, a a post, a group on Facebook, where the the tenants, the the new council tenant going into number 10, be it myself or whoever, wouldn't have the money, obviously, you know, to buy a new kitchen or to buy new floors, and are then going to the local community welfare officer to get a grant for whatever it is, 2,000, 3,000, to put in a kitchen that the bloody council have just ripped out. When I left a perfectly good kitchen in place that could be inspected by an engineer to know is it fit for use... Yeah, it's not going to fall off the walls, like. They're still doing that. They're still doing that. And then, look, they're ripping out heating systems and fireplaces, as we know. They have this new thing now where there's no fires allowed, so they're taking out whatever is there, and they're putting in this um, air-to-water heating system, I believe. Oh, hold on. So I give back number 10 on Friday, and they have Uh to put in this crack before they can let you into it. Yes, because you're not allowed to have an open fire anymore now. So your, your fireplace that you put in, probably a beautiful fireplace, is going to be taken out and dumped into a skip. The boiler that you put in probably had serviced every year and it's working perfectly. That's going to be put into a skip. None of this stuff is given to anybody who could use it. It's all, re- it's all thrown into a skip. And they put in this gas, oh no, sorry, not gas, air-to-water heating system. Stuff that is perfectly good, just doesn't tick the box for whoever it is in the council. That stuff has to come out. In this economic, the state we're in, that you're putting out perfectly good worktops, kitchen floors, the whole lot, getting rid of them, and then allowing the tenant to go on to the community welfare officer to ask for money to put them all straight back in again. That's, that's utterly ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it's a complete and utter waste of public money. Annette, good talking to you. Thank you very Peter, much. you're a star. Thanks so much, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Annette. Fantastic call. Corks 96 FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.